Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself, Joe Oberly, uh, senior writer at uh, Vikings Territory for PTSD, and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, startribune.com. Uh, Mark, good to see you. You made it back. Aren't you a, yeah, aren't you a super, super senior writer? No, I'm not. You're mistaken. Yes. Are you made it back from my 22 hours in Chicago? Yeah. Yes. Uh, you made it back even, you know, I would, I would have suspected you would have had a strange flight back because there was, I, I don't recall a strange game is what I just saw last night. It was just bizarre on so many levels. And I'm going to list them here in a minute for our, for our fans here, or I should say our viewers, but, uh, um, just, just bizarre stuff. And, you know, uh, what do you think? What do you think of that ball game? Yeah, you know, the Bears had a look of uh, you know the kind of look of a team late in the year for that the coach is going to get fired and a uh, young quarterback who's going to be a good player for the next guy. Um, you know, got out of hand a little bit, got a little chippy. The Bears are uh, played hard, but uh, you know, yeah, pushed the Vikings a little bit. Uh, yeah, both. You know, it was a hard fought game, sloppy game. I mean. Uh, and then here's here's when people certainly when you're putting together all your Kirk Cousins uh, uh, records on prime time and everything that that's a win. That's you know eight, twelve for twenty four for eighty seven yards is a win. A uh, couple years ago in Los Angeles he was lights out, but Jared Goff was five touchdowns, perfect passer rating, and beat him. That's a loss. So that's what I like to always put into context. It's like you know the offense was horrible, but the defense was extraordinary and i don't care who they're playing the defense played extraordinarily well yeah that, that's that's a good point to make because <clears throat> nobody that ever wants to hate on kirk or or and bring up that stuff ever takes into context and you just look at the at the numbers and and there's no mitigating factors yeah he he played like a doggy doo-doo and he's played great in the past and got not gotten rewarded for it so you know that's why they shouldn't have uh, wins to a quarterback's uh, uh i think uh akeem hicks and uh robert and quinn had a little bit to say about uh, yes. how he played as well yes well you know i, I like i say I, when i wrote up the little uh lead into this i said strange days indeed to quote old john lennon who was a favorite of mine and in the news of late but uh I just want to list, run down all the things I thought was bizarre about last night's game, and and then and then we'll start picking them apart. Bears are one and five in the red zone. Justin Fields kneels down kinda and draws a big penalty. Bears commit four personal fouls, including one on the Bears' head coach, uh, extending Vikings drives. Eric Kendricks, who is one personal foul in his career, gets ejected. Laundry all over the field. Sixteen penalties for 145 yards between the two teams. Five. Five new players in the secondary for the Bears, and the Vikings can't take advantage. Vikes can't run the ball, but Zim says at halftime they must run the ball. Wait, that's that's not a strange thing. That that always happens. Uh, the Zimmer versus Flippo revenge game was every bit as ugly as games when they were together. Matt Nagy lost his composure and looked looked like a dead man stomping out there. A block punt by Chicago special teams. A block field goal by Minnesota special team. Turnovers. Kirk Cousins pick was as strange a throw as he's made it in a purple uniform turnovers vikings get three plus a block kick and only score three points off of them simmers challenge after they stop this team short decline an offsides penalty and then get the ball i know you wrote about that so i want to hear your thoughts on that bears turn over the ball on downs three times and the vikings score bubkis uh right, one we're done pardon me so we're done you've already you've already limited you've listed them all so I See you next week. That's right. That, well, there's chippiness, and and the Vikings have won two in a row in Chicago after going one and thirteen between the years of two thousand one and two thousand fourteen. Strange crud happens there. Mark, uh, I can go back over them again for the stuff you want to talk about. Unless you know, I mean, it's Christmas week. We should just bail, huh? No. Yeah, it's good. But you know, we haven't done Mankato Brewery yet. So <laughs> this team makes you want four forty two. My God, this team makes you want to drink. And when I drink, I usually like a Mad Butcher. They just came out with Mad Butcher made with Galaxy. That's enough. Um, Mark, what was it like watching that? You you were there in person. What the hell? I mean, were, were 
were, were you kind of amazed at what you're seeing or was it just uh, uh, stuff that you'd seen in the past? Cause uh, yeah. There? I don't know. I mean, it, to me, it's, yeah, that's, you, you see a lot of NFL games go that way. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are not a very good team. They're seven, six and one. Uh, they just beat the Tennessee Titans with 168 yards of offense, two of 11 on third down. They gave up 201 yards rushing. Um, you know, they're not all the, uh, the beautiful uh, deep ball passing and, and back and forth offense. And a lot of some of the NFL games are like this. Uh, off the top of my head of all those things you mentioned, um, uh, the kneel down, the kneel down of, of fields, I don't think he, he didn't kneel down. And if he did kneel down, he did it while he was being tackled, which, you know, uh, there was a couple years back where I think Cam Newton did, did a fake on a guy whenever the, the uh, point of emphasis was to protect the quarterback. He did kind of a fake and then and took off, and the, and the defender backed up. Uh, I thought that was a horrendous call. I mean, that's the play is, is ongoing. I don't know if he would have clearly knelt down and Lynch comes out of nowhere and blasts him, then yeah, but that – yeah, right. that was not a penalty. Uh, Kent, Kent, barely, Kent, Mark, Kent, Mark, you can barely get uh, that to be a legit kneel down in the victory formation. If yeah. if it went down at all, it was so slight. I mean, he grazed his knee, and he, either he was trying not to get hit or what he was doing there. I don't think he was trying to fake anybody out. I think he was trying not to get hit. But, you know, the the referee just misinterpreted that completely. Well, I think he might have been trying to do that, but it, to me it was too late. I mean, it's – it's in the middle of the play, and, and he did he didn't get his knee all the way down. So, uh, Kendrick Kendricks, yeah, that that's a penalty. And a re, uh, you know, if that had been an, if that had been the only personal foul penalty in the game, maybe he doesn't get ejected. Um, but at that point, you know, there's still uh, I don't know how five ten minutes left in the game. You know, they're thinking this thing's getting out really out of hand. Um, you know, Tepper started. Can you talk? I mean, before you go on, can you talk about that? You know why? Why that's a penalty? Uh, I mean, because there's been well, he hit him in the head. He hit him in the head. It hit him in the head, not intentionally. He was targeting or trying to. Well, even it's intentional or not. I mean, you see that um, Teddy Bridgewater against the Rams a few years back was kind of a similar play, and Zimmer went berserk on the on the sideline, even though they did throw a flag um, because Teddy got hit on the head going down. Um, Nature of the game, I think uh, he did hit him. you know, I'm I'm usually on the defensive side of these things, but uh, that's that's a penalty in today's game. Um, Do you have trouble with uh, the fact that you know, they're they're talking on the broadcast how the way he slides is going to open himself up to those kind of things where he slides like he's going into second base and sitting up straight rather than sliding and laying out to get you know. Well, yeah, well, a few more a few more of those, and he'll learn to to slide the right way, or because uh, you know. Uh, whether you get a penalty or not, you still got to absorb the hit, and uh, he's not going to want to take a lot of those. Um, yeah, so yeah, he gets ejected. I mean, it goes back to kind of uh, there was a, a questionable. I mean, Wonham could have gotten maybe a penalty hitting him out of bounds, which led to number seventy six pushing and punching and stuff, and, and they got a penalty that could easily have gone on the Vikings. I think uh, so. There was a lot of that back and forth. I think Zimmer after the game mentioned something about you know all the personal foul penalties and. And he said, well, sometimes your, your manhood gets tested and everything. Well, you know, I think the, you know, the Bears are at a point in their season where it was over. I mean, they could afford to do all that. Um, the Vikings were pretty good in, in not answering and not, you know, retaliating on some of these things. Um, so, yeah, you got to be smart. Um, coming into the game, the Vikings were, you know, uh, clearly one of the most undisciplined teams when it comes to penalties. They, they led the league with uh, most – yards uh, differential and penalties minus 224 uh they came on the plus side last night uh but you know they they've had games where like that cincinnati game where they were minus 101 in penalty yard differential you throw those penalties out i mean the first what three or four snaps of the season were those false starts and that that first half against cincinnati you know how how much different would the get would the season be right now if if they played a clean half, I mean, the whole season's ifs, ands, and buts. But you know, if you play clean game, you're gonna you're gonna have better chance to win, especially on the road. And uh, you know, they they turned the ball over on a weird interception. That's another thing you mentioned. I think on that, um, if yeah, I don't know if you saw, but like uh, I'm sure everyone <laughs> follows the Vikings saw it. 
Justin Jefferson gets tackled at the line of scrimmage or, or five yards downfield. I think Kirk is throwing that ball to, to draw attention to that him being held or tackled. And you because think I think he's, I think he's throwing her to, I think he's, I'm just guessing, but I think the way it looks is like he sees it and he's like, can't believe that they're not throwing a flag and he throws it deep thinking he's throwing it away. I think otherwise it doesn't make any sense to throw it to because it happened soon enough for him to, to know that Jefferson wasn't going to be where he threw it. And I think he was doing it to draw attention to that penalty and the maybe not uh, I, accounting for the other deep guy. Yeah, I, I agree. There's a, but it was a little bit of a lollipop, you know, a teardrop of a pass. And it's like, yeah, it's going to throw that away. You better get it out of there, dude. Right. Um, yeah, it was not, a, not, not a great game for him, but it was a, uh, it was a worse game for the, uh, you know, Mason Cole and uh, Darisaw had his, you know, <laughs> that uh, Quinn's got about, I think, 98 and a half, 99 and a half set career sacks, 31. has been around. He's still got the legs to do this. The Bears are finally using him the right way. Uh, and Darisaw realized that, hey, you know, I, I could be bull rushed back. I mean, he's a, he's a stout, you know, well-balanced guy that's strong, uh, hadn't really had anybody power rush him like that on uh, the first sack. And then he got beat on a, on a speed move. Uh, so, and then Mason Cole just got blown up a couple of times. Is Darisaw in for trouble when, when uh, uh, Aaron Donald comes in next weekend and sees what to, what's on film already from this week and, and uh, bull rushes him and takes after him again? Well, I mean, Aaron Donald's giving me, that's got the shared responsibility. He's more of an interior, you know, threat, I think. And, but, you know, uh, I wrote about this for the paper is that, uh, you know, the, the bears had two coordinators out, but we kind of forget that uh, the Vikings have had a pretty good offensive line coach on the sideline since Dennison didn't take the vaccine. Um, you know, they need an Udo sized guy at, at right guard. Uh, Cole is a, a, like a smallish, he's a small first a center Bradbury's small. So Bradbury's a smaller guy that who was, who was drafted high for this zone blocking. Uh, you need, you know, like a Cleveland has done well at left guard. You needed Udo and that's that size, that length at right guard, but he couldn't stop holding and, and, and committing penalties like that, leading the league with 15 penalties and eventually lost his job. So, you know, I wonder if that happens, if maybe if Dennison is, is there working with him hands on every day. Um, yeah. That's yeah, something to, to think about. Akeem Nix is what, 350 pounds? That is a load to handle. Yeah, I mean, he and, and he had been out for a while, and you could tell that he he was, I mean, when the Bears' defense was, was extraordinary here in recent years, you know, Khalil Mack got a lot of the headlines and everything, all they gave up to get him. Uh, but it was uh, uh, Akeem Hicks as much inside just, he's, I mean, he's just a, he, he sort of reminds me of Kevin Williams early in his career when he would just kind of blow up guys. There'd be maybe two or three guys hanging on him. Um, you know, he's he's just very disruptive. And, you know, the Vikings uh, going forward, I mean, they got to play him again. Got to play him again. They got to play uh, um, the defensive tackle for uh, Clark for uh, the, the Packers. And those two guys are, are two yeah. physical guys that just beat the crap out of the Vikings interior smaller guys. And that's, um, you know, you probably won't see Udo in there now. So, you know, he's uh, listening to what you're saying. If I was Zimmer, I'd try to figure out a way to get him back in there for those games. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, they they did win the game. You tend to keep things the same when you win a game. But uh, the offense, <laughs> the offense clearly struggled, and it was a defense that, that won the game for him. Yeah. Going back quickly to those penalties really quick, uh, 16 for 145 both teams. But – Nine of them for Chicago. I, I, I got to admit, it was really strange sitting there watching because it seemed like the Vikings were getting the benefit of a lot of breaks. And, you know, I, I think that's a problem I, for most Vikings fans because it goes against our narrative that we never get any breaks. So it was, yeah, you're not supposed to admit that, Jerry. You're not supposed to admit that. Come on. Uh, I'm sorry. I got to be objective a little bit. It was at, at one point you're saying, Okay, let's extend that trip. Let's extend it again and see if we can get a touchdown. You know, it was uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, two two of their scoring drives were helped by, I yeah. think, four, a total of four personal fouls. You know, so you're talking now. There might have been some, you know, half a distance of the goal yardage, but 
you're talking about uh, 60 yards and penalties on two scoring drives in a game that's that's uh, only got 20 point or well, that touchdown at the end was a that touchdown at the end made it a one score game. So you got to lump that in there with the one score. That's right. Well, that's got to be all that penalty yards is why uh, Kirk didn't have better numbers. I'm sure, right? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, um, I think uh, yeah, I think Kirk was getting uh, getting roughed up a bit last night. He was, and he was he, he was a little bit nervous, Kirk. I, uh, you know, one point I made earlier. I mean that you know that they were, yeah, you know, they got five different five defenders. Are the you know the first time they played together back there, and four of them in the secondary are all backups. And I know they're playing back and playing, you know, a deeper zone and trying to let, you know, the Vikings get some stuff underneath, but they were not able to take advantage of it. I know that the the rush was tough, but still, you know, you got to make some adjustment uh, to, 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 to do something there instead of just like Zimmer says, Oh, at halftime, well, we got to run the ball more. Well, it's not happening. I mean, Dalvin Cook is not going to bowl over Akeem Nix. He's not going to – or Hicks or whatever his name is. And not it's it just wasn't going to happen. And at some point you got to do something different. When they showed him different looks, when they put uh, Justin Jefferson in the backfield and ran a different pattern, they screwed up those guys. They had three guys yeah. chase after him. And, and uh, uh, another name I can't say was scored the winning touchdown. Yeah, Amir Smith-Marset scores a touchdown wide open because it's sort of like the opposite of that one game, maybe it was the Packers game, where they put him in the backfield and everyone kind of leaned toward Thielen and and Jefferson got the ball. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a great, you know, great play design, great call. Uh, right. the, the second, dri- the second drive, uh, it looked like it was going to be the story of the game was going to be these, you know, them being down five defensive backs because um, – you know they had you know, like third third and long. Justin Jefferson gets a ball wide over wide open over the middle. They get down in the red zone and it's a lob to him in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. And all of a sudden it's seven nothing. You're like, wow, you know this is going to be a, a blowout. Well, I guess watching watch watching the Vikings, you you don't say it's going to be a blowout, but you're saying it looks too easy. And then uh, it got uh, you know like you know I think uh, Dalvin Cook had you know two yards on two receptions. I mean for him not to break free, that's that's unusual. Um, uh, him to only average, I think, uh, three yards a carry with a long right. of 10. Uh, so the Bears gave it their best shot. They just are so green at quarterback and so uh, susceptible to all the things that happen to teams that, that are undisciplined, like turnovers and young quarterback taking off and the, and the ball's hanging out and Dantzler punches it or tackle, tackles the ball, basically, punches it out. Um, you know, a great play by. I think he would have missed. He was, he missed the tackle and got lucky that his shoulder <laughs> hit the ball. Yeah. So, but, uh, hey, did you watch? Did you get a? Ch- I know you came back. Uh, you know, from Chicago, did you get a chance to watch the game back? Yes. Yeah. Did, what about you? Brought it up earlier that 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 final touchdown with one second left in the game, the final play of the game, they scored a touchdown, which is which keeps those end of games and end of half stats up for the Vikings. Uh, why is that a touchdown? He caught at the ball in the air, in the end zone, and was carried out and landed in, 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 the, in the field. He doesn't he have to complete the process, and that's where he's down, you know, because it's a, he didn't run it in. Why, why, why is that a touchdown? Do you do? You know uh, yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, it, I think whenever you, if you have possession and the ball is crossed the goal line, you know, you it's a touchdown. Otherwise, you could be caught and carried out of bounds. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not the NFL rules. Exp- uh, ex- maybe Kevin job. Seifert could answer that question. But uh, but I mean, it's you know, it did break the plane. He had the ball. Uh, he did have to would have to finish it. I because it. Like a lot of times, you know, you'll see forward progress uh, on a you know if a guy catches it at the at the sticks and then he's tackled backwards, you know, they give it to him, they give it to him where, wherever it's at. I mean, it was a touchdown. It's just kind of like in in today's NFL, the end of a game that's a meaningless touchdown. We there has to be another delay of you know because because initially they marked him at the one inch line and it's like who cares, you know, and then but then they had to come back and make a ruling on that real quick and it's like. You know, uh, sometimes I long for the the grainy black and white twelve inch TV where the the camera 
I mean, the, the, the cameras in Pittsburgh for the, the greatest play in NFL history didn't even have a shot of below Franco Harris's knees to yeah. see whether the ball touched the ground on the immaculate reception. Can you imagine that today? Right. I mean, it, the immaculate reception today would have, would have been uh, reviewed, you know, for 25 minutes with 40 different cameras. And, you know, so I, I, I get it, get, get things right, but it just seems like it's such a tedious process of, and there's just so, you're just amazing how, you know, you talk about a game of inches, it literally there's so many plays of just yeah. inches. I, you know, I thought it was apropos of, of this game uh, that by the end of it, people were just wanted to get the heck out of it. They didn't even, I know you didn't have to kick the extra point because there's no time left on the clock. It's not an eight point play or what have you. They just didn't even kick it and said, let's get the heck out of here. And that's what they should have done that uh, after that game. But the only people that cared about that, of course, were the betters in Vegas. But uh, um, talk to me about uh, the, the, uh, the turn, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the challenge by Zimmer at the behest of, of Sheldon Richardson. That was quite an interesting play from the get-go. And they, they, they stopped Montgomery uh, short of the first down. Uh, they then uh, get they uh, decline an offsides penalty, an offensive offsides penalty. And then Sheldon Richardson goes and tells uh, uh, Zimmer to challenge it because he, he, he got the fumble out of there. So it, and suddenly, all of a sudden, it's the Vikings' ball. It's like you're thinking, "My God, is it Christmas already?" You know. Yeah, so. I mean, it's it was such a jumble of bodies there, it's such a jumble of knees and everything. And how many times you you always see a a guy come out of the pile and he's he's going toward the end zone. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> keep, you know, what are you doing? You know, showboating or whatever. Uh, but you know, they, they show the replay, and it's like it's hard to like see whose knee belongs to who. And then when you identify which knee is which knee. Uh, he's clearly not down, and Richardson put, rips it out of his arms. And you know, and Sheldon Richardson, uh, not only is it great, great for him to point it out and for Zimmer to trust him, you know, because a lot of there, there are players that coaches wouldn't trust in that situation. Uh, so he convinces Vince Zimmer to do that because Zimmer can't, from where he's at, probably can't see upstairs, probably can't see with all the bodies and everything, not enough time. Um, so, but not only is it good. To convince Zimmer, but man, look what this guy has done. He has played all he has played all along the defensive line this year. He's played left end, right end, uh, he's inside pass rusher. Uh, he's uh, and he's not he's not elite at any of them, but he can hold his own on uh, at just about any of them. It's, it's, started, he? Well, he has started. I, I don't know if he, yeah, I think he started last night, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I'm just saying that, he, that as a contributor, he has. There aren't too many guys that can line up at right defensive end and defensive tackle, and then also play left defensive end, which is where he was when he made that play. How about another guy on the line, DJ Wanham? My goodness, three sacks. Um, he had he had an I uh, just saw a PFF grade for coming on here. He had nine hurries, which was the most he's had in his career. Uh, the last, the most before that was five hurries, which was against Chicago last year. But this guy's a player, somebody I think they can build on going forward. Don't you think? I mean, if you match him up with uh, uh, Daniel Hunter, maybe that's a, a nice. Well, start. yeah, I think I think think he's come he's come he's coming full circle because it was he started out the year as a starter, and then Everson Griffin Everson Griffin was a situational rusher. Everson clearly outplayed him, became a starter, and then now you're back to where you need him. Uh, and he, he came through. It's, it's an outstanding game. Uh, some of that stuff is on fields. I, I think being just young and um, maybe trusting his uh, speed. He, you can do that at Ohio State. Some of the plays he tried to make to get away from Wanham uh, and, and get away with it at, at the college level, playing Bowling Green or whatever, <laughs> or even Minnesota or someone like that. Uh, but you can't, at the NFL level, you're going to have a guy on top of you like that. And, and you know, the pursuit, the, uh, the efficiency with which he got him down was uh, was impressive. Uh, you know, there there are certain quarterbacks that you know are going to take advantage of him, like an Aaron Rodgers. But although Aaron Rodgers, you know, his 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 best sack of his career is probably at, at, to end that game in Green Bay last year um, with Aaron Rodgers with the ball in his hand, a chance to win the game, and Wanham comes around and, and sacks him. Uh, so yeah, he's he's definitely a, a, a blossoming young defensive player. You know, no offense, just uh, 
stepped up. It's, it, you know, it's one of the you know, the last two games of the first time they've had uh, Pierce and uh, Dalvin Tomlinson in there, you know, uh, and you got Sheldon Richardson backing them up and DJ Wanham playing like this. And you got James Lynch, who's, who's done quite well. They, they've got quite a core group there. And I thought, I thought Michael Pierce had, was a, was a very, had a very good, I don't know what PFF gave him. I didn't look, but I thought Michael Pierce played very well. Uh, I was, you know, he's, he is more of a pass rusher than any of us thought. Uh, any, maybe even himself until he got here. Uh, he's, he, he's good on pressure. Uh, you know, he was, uh, not quite Akeem Hicks, but he was, he was pretty powerful inside in that game. Should we should we not be uh, looking too much into this because it was just a really terrible uh, Bears offense or is you know with those with that line group of that defensive line unit that we just mentioned and you got you got a couple a few decent linebackers back there even though you know people are all saying Barr is going to be gone next year and you still got a a Pro Bowl safety in in Harrison Smith and you've got you know you get the corners for good is is the defense that far away from from being pretty decent or uh, are they going to get blown up when, uh, if the coaching staff does at the end of the year? I think a lot, you know, a lot depends on what happens the rest of the year. I, you know, Barr probably is gone. He's just too expensive. Uh, you know, um, it was probably a, it's a questionable contract they gave him and, and you know, but yeah, they, they got the talent. Their window to win was 2019. You know, that's when they had the court, the veteran corners. They they're all a little bit younger. Uh, they were geared up to win in 2019, and they they upset the Saints. But it took so much energy to, to pull that upset, which is which is like a lot. Of why teams want, want the buys? They want to get you know want to win the division. Um, but then they they had to go to San Francisco and got just run over. Uh, so you know to me that 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 window was 2019. Now you got to start. Okay, the corners are gone. Uh, the experiment of having all the young corners last year didn't work, obviously. Uh, so then they did a 180 and brought in uh, Patrick Peterson, Breland. Uh, Peterson's been good, but he's been injured and had some COVID issues for a game. And then Breland was just kind of a disaster. And and obviously we saw what happened with his volatile personality and just talk about that forced, you know, you know, fighting with people and everything and then just got released. And I thought Dantzler, again, it's the Bears, so you got a grain of salt. But I thought he played played well, uh, you know, as well as he he's going to play, um, but probably not tested by the best quarterback in the world. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Bears, real quickly, um, you know, you you kind of mentioned you think that Fields is going to be the quarterback of the future. You certainly got the. The physical skills. Do you think you'll figure out the position and 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 be able to take him somewhere? Oh, I think he'll be a good player. I, you know, uh, you know, Mitchell. I don't know how Mitch Trubisky how many how many years he got, but I would give this guy that or more. Uh, I think he'll be better better quarterback than than Mitch Trubisky. And yeah, you got to look at. Uh, I mean, they got a good running back. Uh, you know, they got to build around him. It's a bad year to be a coach in Nagy's position to have a quarter, a rookie quarterback, and your other, your only other option was Andy Dalton, that, who's past his ability to to lead a team. Um, you know, that's just a it's a death sentence for a coach, even though you he won Coach of the Year three three years ago. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. At one point, it was late in the game, and it was when uh, the Vikings made another yet another stop on. Uh, fourth and and what have you going forward on fourth down for the bears and it was there was some confusion on getting the play in on the offense for the bears and they had the camera on zimmer on the on the sidelines who was trying to understand what they were doing and wasn't he looked like he was really kind of freaking out a little bit as what to call he didn't know what he wanted finally you could see read his lips because he had his 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 plays down he said go base base you know and so they they went with the base. Then he, he uh, said something else, and somehow they made the right call. Uh, uh, field sprinted right, and uh, there was no room for him over only one receiver who they had covered, and they and they sacked him again. But to me, if that moment is like, man, here's two coaches that are coaching for their lives, you know, and they're both a little desperate. You can see the, the panic and fear both on the offense and on the, the defensive head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. So it's like, you know, 
uh, Nagy's a dead man's uh, walking right now, but uh, uh, and Zimmer's Zimmer's trying to handle it. It was just it was just uh, uh, it, it didn't make me feel good because you know these guys are are, are still playing their guts out. At least uh, a lot of the players in that field were playing their guts out for their coaches last night, and and there's going to be changes certainly in Chicago and potentially here. Yeah, I mean, I think the you know the Vikings are are doing what you know. I, what I, I call for them to do whenever it was two, two games ago, uh, you know, let it play out to see what happens. It, it's okay to make the playoffs at number seven and, and maybe go to a, a Green Bay, which you've, you've already beaten Green Bay, or to Arizona, which is playing like crap, and they almost beat Arizona. Uh, the NFL is so evenly matched in, in that, uh, like there's a stat that, there's been 10 games, you know, the, the Lions beating the Cardinals was the 10th time this year that a team with four or few, four or more losses had beaten another another team. So, in other words, so that one 11-1 team beat a 10-3 and three team. And so, you know, and the, Vi- the Vikings, you know, have, have stood toe-to-toe with those teams. They've beaten the Packers. The Packers have the best record in the league. So it's okay to keep trying. Don't worry about the draft. Uh, don't worry about who's going to be the the next young, hot offensive coordinator slash next Sean McVay. Play this season out and figure it out at the end. And it, you know, to me, this should be kind of. I know it's not it's not beautiful football, but it's it's meaningful football in December. It's you know I don't I don't know what people what more people really are looking for. Uh, you know, I, I obviously they're looking for the you know, to be the Packers eleven and three, but you know. You got to string two Hall of Fame quarterbacks together uh, over 35 years before you can be like them. So, right, right. you know, scratch and fight and see what see what happens and figure it out at the end. You know, I uh, I'll say I was entertained. I, I had to lay awake for an hour at least after I was done writing and stuff, wondering what I just saw. But it was still it was unique. So what's what's wrong with that? And with that note, we'll uh, we'll uh, take a quick break here. And, and we'll be back with the next segment of uh, some hot topics. We're back with Vikings with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune on Vikings Territory Breakdown. And, uh, you know, did I say Mike? Or I should say Mark Craig. I hope I said Mark Craig. I, I answered e- either one. Okay. Uh, I've been uh, called worse. Mitch, I got a question for you. Uh, <laughs> um, the Bears were missing a lot of players last night on defense. You think? And yeah, they were. And but you know, the Vikings were missing Brashard Breeland. You know, it's no big deal. We're kind of even thing. I, I just wanted you to yeah, you know, if you you have anything more than we've already read about a strange, strange situation that happened there. And what what, what do you know that went went on with his his uh departure? Well, you could tell that he's uh he's kind of a volatile guy, you know. He's I could see where if, they, if things aren't going well. Um you know, he would react the way that he allegedly did and uh, got into it with, I think, Cook. And then he got into it with someone else. And then uh, Spielman is there and he steps in. Spielman has to step in to try and break things up. Uh, one thing leads to another. They, you know, for obvious reasons, they're not, they weren't thrilled with how he was playing. He became too much of a headache, uh, too much of a cancer. The If he's fighting with guys and, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's probably good, uh, good advice uh, for you if you're an agent to tell your employee, your uh, your got your client not to fight with the general manager. That's uh, it's not that's not a recipe for success in this league. Um, so yeah, that goes without saying. But yeah, maybe they have they've hit, they have had a uh, a term. I mean, for a team that has you know, like Zimmer has always said, you know, how many corners do you want? He's always says, well, one more. Well, they need one more, one more, one more because they've. They have had a, a run of, uh, of uh, you know, bad luck. The guy they drafted in the first round last year is out of the league. He's in legal problems. Uh, Mike, yeah, yeah, glad he – and uh, uh, Mike Hughes, you know, there's a lot behind the scenes there as far as, uh, you know, who, who thought he could come back with his neck and his other injuries. And uh, he goes to Kansas City and is playing pretty well uh, for a defense that has, you know, done a total 180. Uh, you know, Breland, uh, it's just, you know, they just, they need to uh, keep reinvesting in that position because uh, 
And then they get the double whammy of last year. You lose all your pass rushers. Well, this year you lost both of your edge rushers. Difference this year is they have a pass rush. You know, they've been able to keep a pass rush together. They also have Peterson, who I also thought Peterson played well. I, I, he's played better than I, I thought he would. I'm, you know, you'd like to see a guy who's, whose history is not missing any games, not miss any games, but he had to miss some, some time. Yeah. And that hurt, that hurt me. Not having him in Detroit, it was a killer. I mean, you know, you got to have him on the field at the end of that game. Um, but he had a great uh, – when they got down to – it was after a penalty, and uh, it's like first and goal at the seven or second and goal at the seven. He has a great pass defense. Uh, I think it was first and goal. In the, in the end zone, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the Graham drops the ball. and uh, You know, that was a point – I think that was the point in the game where Nagy very well could have gotten ejected because he was going at him, I think, for a uh, – it was maybe where um, Fields took a hit, a late hit or something, and Nagy was like he was going at him almost as hard as he was for that other one he got flagged on. Uh, I, that would have been interesting to see if they would have thrown another flag and the, and the coach has to walk to the has to walk into the locker room. That's whenever you my uh, mind will just keep walking. Right. You, I mean, right. he, he knows he's gone anyways, but uh, that, I, I when I look when I watch that back, I'm like oh. You know, he's lucky he didn't get it there. Um, you know, we we were giving Kirk a little bit of a pass because of the rush, and it, it was fierce. Now, I'm not going to say it's not. And the, the offensive line did not play well, did not play well at all, did not protect him. I mean, even even the golden boy, Darisol, came back to earth. But are we – should we be concerned? I mean, I, I, if, if, if Joe Johnson and I were still doing this, uh, uh, podcast, Joe, God rest his soul. Uh, we'd be arguing about cousins. We we had we did it every every week. We you know, and I would contend what I'm going to say now that that's still Kirk. That when 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 the rush starts coming around him, he is not going to do well. He's just not going to make every pass that he can make in a in a perfect pocket. And I I, I think therefore as you head into December and you head into the playoffs. You know, next two weeks, you just described the deep, the defensive pass rush is going to be just as intense. So the defense, it goes up a notch as you go to December in the playoffs. So it's not going to get any better. So, you know, whether whether they make it or not, if he, if he doesn't ever get over his ability to not, you know, make a, a number of plays off schedule, off script, and – and and get over his nervousness and be the quarterback he is in a good pocket a little more so in one that's not so good. Uh, nothing's going to happen here. Agreed. Well, yeah. I mean, you're you're asking a ten year veteran who's by the way his record now is fifty eight fifty eight and two. Um, that you know, I've always contested that that he, you know, he plays well in games they lose. He sometimes plays poorly in games they win. Uh, there's times where he does handle the pressure a little better. There's times where he doesn't. I think where you probably want him, uh, like you watch, okay, Tom Brady, uh, watching that game where they got shut out nine to nothing was fascinating to me because how many times have we watched him in 22 years? It seems like there's no one rushing him. It seems like he's always got, he's always got, he's always a little farther back than other quarterbacks. He's always got more time. Uh, He just kind of slides. Well, that's because he, he knows where everyone's going to be before they know where they're going to be. And I think where maybe, and I'm, I have never played the position, so I, I'm guessing here, but it's like, I think what you'd want to see a little more from Kirk is identifying where things are going to be a little better than, than he does. Because granted, I think Brady still gets better protection everywhere he's been. Um, Brady just seems to, and then when you watch a, a, a game like the, the Saints, where they put the pressure on him, and they they put you know it's like kind of weird to see Tom Brady. We saw a couple Super Bowls where the Giants did that. It was like kind of strange to see. Uh, it doesn't happen very often to him, but it happens you know probably quite a bit to to Kirk. And he uh, reacted real well, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he went over to the the coach on the sideline and basically told him to go. Oh, Brady, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't he doesn't like to lose, or he doesn't. He's like a- to- He's a little bit of a competitor. I don't know if anyone has noticed in the past. If, if you're 40, 44 years old and you have 
trained yourself to to stay at physically at 24 years old that you you, you love the game and um who knows how many how much longer he's going to play it i wouldn't be surprised if he was doing this at 50 we'll get to the rams in a second but i had a couple other questions to ask you the vikings playoff chances they exist they're in the seventh seed now maybe that could change tonight when the uh, this is being taped on tuesday and when the final two games of week 15 are are uh, are played but uh uh, so they exist. Do you think they're realistic? How do you think the the, the Vikings? And they got a tough. They have the second toughest schedule of the remaining teams that are in the. Yeah, the, but God, we we see week after week after week what that really means. I mean, you think you think the Cardinals were thinking, well, we we're going to clinch, and my poor neighbor who was down to there was a, uh, uh, thirty one people left in a survivor pool of forty five hundred people with a winning pot of eighty six grand. And like a big bunch of them took the Cardinals. That's a no-brainer. You know, the Card are the Lions got their win out of the way. They're gonna lay down. They're they're done. Cardinals beat the crap out of uh, or the Lions beat the crap out of the Cardinals. Um, so we see it over and over and over. I mean, uh, the Vikings can't beat Seattle. They beat Seattle. The, ah, the Vikings aren't gonna beat the Packers. They beat the Packers. They never win in Soldier Field. They lose. They 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 win at Soldier Field. So. You know, I think uh, you better expect to to get a win at the end of the season against the Bears, right? Um, you know, the Rams are playing tonight. They got to play on Sunday. You know, so that's a that's a quick turnaround on the road for them. The Rams have not been world beaters. They, you know, they got well, nine wins or what? Well, whatever it'll be after tonight. Uh, but you know, they've they've had hiccups. They haven't you know played you know, flawless football. And then you go to Green Bay, and what? A, what a if they if they beat the Rams and go into Green Bay? I mean, Green Bay won't have. I, I'm not sure. We who knows where it'll be as far as fighting for the top seed. But say they get into a situation where it doesn't mean as much to Green Bay, you know, and they they've already beaten Green Bay. Now, you know, NFL logic would tell you that they go to Green Bay and they get beat. But the other two, I, I you know, I'd like them to beat the Rams this week. I mean, it's it's hard to make this pick now because the Rams have you know who knows what's going to happen tonight. Right. But you know, I definitely like them to beat the Bears. I like them to beat the Rams, and then that sets up, you know, a pretty exciting game for, for it should be a exciting game for Vikings fans uh, in Lambeau. Delvin Cook, uh, Harrison Smith, and Justin Jefferson make the Pro Bowl. This was always meant a bigger deal to Joe Johnson than it did to me. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking originally, uh, why no Cousins? But then the NFC is just too full of quarterbacks ahead of him wouldn't you say uh yeah they got a yeah uh, uh brady rogers uh okay. that's a good, that's a, that's a good place to yeah kyle did i didn't see who made it uh the, 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 the only pro bowl i've seen in the last 30 years is the one they played in miami because i was down there they played it the week before the super bowl and i went down early and uh i watched it and i'm like this is why i don't watch the pro bowl because it's not it's not football it's uh, I look for him to eventually just not play it, you know, even even post COVID. Uh, before it's, the game, before the game, Randy Moss and uh, Je- Jefferson were kind of chumming around. Moss had had, or I should say, Jefferson had uh, Moss's Pro Bowl jersey on, and they were doing the gritty together and all this stuff. And in the game, uh, JJ breaks another Moss record, uh, most yards in the first two seasons of his career. If he sticks around, uh, he'll probably have a lot more of Moss's records. But, you know, uh, I would love your thoughts on this. He watched both of them play quite a bit. Uh, but he will never be better than the freak, in my opinion. Do you, you have thoughts on well, that? Well, I don't You know, I don't know that him and about everyone else who's, who's going to be born from now until the end of time. And there's only, only Randy, well, there's only one Randy Moss. The combination of what Randy, what this guy is really good. He's in um, – but – you know, what Randy could do physically and the speed and the size and just everything um, made him one of the, not only one of the best receivers or maybe, I mean, he likes to say he's ahead of Jerry Rice. I don't know. I mean, they're both pretty darn good. Uh, he's in the top two, maybe. I don't know. But there's, you go back in the history, the guys in the early days, there, there's been a lot of great receivers, but and think about Randy, and I, and I did I did a story on Randy. I uh, went to Kansas City and shadowed him for a, a Monday night game a couple years ago when he was going in uh, going up for the Hall of Fame. 
And uh, to see the modern player like be in awestruck by a former player, it doesn't happen for a lot of guys. So there's probably some guys that will see a former player and not even know who he is. <laughs> everyone knows who Randy Moss is, and everyone comes up to him with like, you know, just like like they're seeing like a kid seeing Santa Claus. And I was talking to someone about that, and they said, yeah, that you know, someone on the Monday Night Crew that had been through a lot of this, and he goes, um, there's only been like, uh, maybe he's worked on other networks or whatever, but he said, you know, having Ray Lewis on the sideline is 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 like the only other player who they've seen where it's just like the modern player is just, you know, I can't believe I'm in the presence with Randy Moss or, or um, Ray Lewis. So yeah, Randy's uh, Randy, Randy loves uh, Jefferson. I talked to him at his fishing uh, tournament out in um, out West of the twin cities um, in the summer. And he was like, you know, this is a great fish. A test. Yeah. Fish. It's, yeah. And he said, this is, uh, you know, going to be, you know, he said, this is the pressures to be on because that second year is a totally different than animal than the first year. And I think Jefferson has answered the answered the call that once they get him the ball, you know, he can do a lot with it. Yeah, I hope so. I hope he, he remains happy here. I hope uh, they uh, find a way to get Kurt more time to keep getting him the ball. Cause it's, it's, it's a blast to watch. Um, COVID uh, reared its ugly head this week. Uh, uh, moved games, three games from Saturday slash, uh, God, whatever to uh, Monday, Tuesday. We got two games tonight. What, what do you, what do you think of this? And are, are the Vikings fans just sitting around here waiting nervously for the other shoot to drop with Smith, Thielen, Cook, or Kirk getting uh, getting the virus when they have a chance? Yeah, to- I mean, I, I I wrote about the Sunday before um, a bunch of these outbreaks, and that you know, not only in the old days, if you made it through a a game without injuries, you were good to go. But now, you know, Zimmer, you know, talks about being in a meeting on a Monday or a Tuesday and, and getting a text from Eric Sugarman saying, Hey, you know, so-and-so is out. He's uh, on the COVID list and all this. Your only hope is that a guy is, is, is vaccinated and can come back without the 10 day quarantine. You know, it makes a big difference on, you know, like with Harrison Smith, you lose him for two weeks with a guy who's vaccinated, maybe you don't lose him at all. So that makes a big difference. Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's waiting, I'm sure. Everyone's waiting for Kirk to get it, and, you know, that would be the story of the year, obviously. Um, but, Leo, you know, they, they moved the Browns game to Monday night, and the Browns still had their head coach out, 18 players, I think it was, some, like, crazy number, both their top two quarterbacks, and they almost beat – you know the Raiders. That was a it was a fun game. It's kind of a predictable finish in today's NFL. But you know Daniel Carlson kicking a field goal to beat uh, Prefer is kind of a. I'm sure that Carlson enjoyed that. Oh yeah. Do you think a competitive uh, advantage is, is at stake with with the way the NFL's uh, doing the protocol? You got any problems with? How they're saying, no, you, it doesn't matter if you lost as many players you're playing because they made the Bears play. They could have moved them a, another day or something too, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure where, you know, I'm not sure what the what the threshold of logic is. Um, that's a good point. And, and, and then they sort of changed the rules, loosened it up for the guys who have been vaccinated. Uh, uh, yeah. Now it's something like the only testing if you uh, have symptoms. And, um, you know, and can't really – blast them too much because they, you know they're we're out, they're operating in like all the rest of us in unusual times and they can't force their players to be vaccinated um so you know they're doing probably the best they can i but it, i don't expect it's gonna it could it's only gonna get worse i think than than better going from here on out and now you're talking about playoffs and you know you get you know what if tom brady tests positive um, yeah you know, I might get somebody's attention or Aaron Rodgers, but the, uh, well, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He's already missed a game. Uh, but you know, it, it's one of those where they're hoping that, the you know, the star players are not going to be testing positive before a AFC NFC championship game or a playoff game. We'll see. Um, quickly on the Rams, <clears throat> the Rams, you know, we talked a bit about their defense. They're going to have to do something with the, Vikings offensive line to 
to slow that defense down because they seem to be playing better. But on offense, the the Rams have Mad, Matthew Stafford thrown to Cooper Cup. I, I'm very happy that Cooper Cup's on my fantasy team, but uh, I, I'm not happy about them next week, and I think they, they will be tough. And Matt, Matthew Stafford will probably want – you know he's played here at this stadium before. He'll he, he probably won't feel uncomfortable. He might uh, he might light him up. What do you think? I mean, he said he had, he's had some. I mean, it's can't it's apples and oranges, but it's the same quarterback. You know, he's had some. Uh, there was a stretch there. We had some comeback wins against the Vikings. Um, yeah, I mean, he's had kind of an up and down year. You know, at the beginning of the year, everything was clicking. Uh, he was like the perfect guy for their what Sean McVay wanted for the deep ball, um, and then they they hit some some you know bumps in the road. Uh, they're they're a good team, obviously. They're but they're not, you know, they're not a dominant team. You know, they're still trying to put it all together. And I know that they pushed it all all in up for this Super Bowl run in, at their stadium. But you know, we'll see what happens tonight. But to me, that's a that's a game that I think the Vikings are. Got some momentum. Um, a lot obviously depends on is Aaron Donald going to wreck your game, and they better figure that out. Uh, both games have uh, are worth watching for the Vikings tonight. Uh, you know, certainly because if the obviously for the Rams, but if, if whoever if, if Philadelphia beats Washington, the Vikings retain the seventh seed for this week. If if not, they jump drop to eight. Um, you got a prediction for either one of those two? Well, I, I like Philadelphia at home, and then um, I think I picked the Rams. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I picked the Rams. But you know, uh, Washington's another up and down. They they won four in a row. Look, you know, uh, high, of course we don't. You know, I, I'm not sure. I haven't seen today if Heineke's going to play. Yeah. A lot of this stuff, you know, you make your. I'm, sometimes I make my picks as early as Tuesday or Wednesday, and it's you know you have no idea. Like the Browns, you had no idea. I, when I make it, when you make a pick, you're like saying, "Okay, well, I'm, um, I'd rather have Case Keenum than than uh, Baker Mayfield, anyways." And someone goes, "Well, he's out too." And it's, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, Nick Mullins is is the guy that you're rolling. Your uh, sometimes, like with the Browns, I just I pick the Browns because I'm like, it makes no sense for them to to win this game, which is kind of why I think they're going to win it. Which is why I sort of when I picked them to beat the, the Steelers in the playoffs last year. It's just like, you know, when a team gets so far, like, against the wall, you see things that that, that in competitors and, and guys that come out that we don't see because, you know, we're not – we haven't been through that situation. And they just play above their heads and they play fast and, and, and confident and just like a almost a devil-may-care attitude. Wow, you're letting some folks behind the curtain of the of the practice – Prognostication process, Mark. It's all, it's it's a dart. It's just throwing darts. our coin. Throw one more. It's really a dart now because the Rams haven't played this week yet. But uh, Rams Vikings next weekend. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I I think I I just don't. I, feel, I have a feeling that this this Vikings because they could probably afford to lose. I in this the way the NFC is, but I just see this continuing kind of like you know upward and then I, I, they probably if they win this game they go to Lambeau and they lose they could come down to the Bears game and then it then it becomes a well do the do the Bears and maybe an interim coach come in and beat them and and human would that that be almost be like kind of a fitting end to a roller coaster season you know you you beat the Rams you go to the Green Bay and you lose and then you know well we can still like save it with the Bears and you know you know what I'm saying it's, it, that just seems how a typical Vikings season goes, you know, uh, in <sighs> modern modern times. Yeah, you're killing me. Um, I'm going to pick the Vikings in this one because I think this this is they're going to get their their best effort here. And I, I know they know that uh, in a week that the Packers is going to be a tough tough road to hoe, especially if the Packers still have home field to play for. They'll they'll be gunning for them, and the Packers are always gunning for the Vikings, uh, especially since the Vikings beat them there last year. So I think this is the one that. Uh, the the Vikings laid all out on the line. They can if they can get to Stafford, they can you know rough him up a little bit and maybe do something with and and somehow they they change some things up in the offensive line to make it better for Kirk. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I'll pick them and I, and it's pretty easy to pick uh, the uh, margin. I'm going to go one score game. 
Yeah, one score, yeah. Um, take a quick break. We'll come back with some NFL headlines and uh, I'll finish up on Vikings territory breakdown. Okay, we're back, and we touched a little bit on some of this earlier, but uh, uh, there's so much going on in this league, especially this time of the year. It's December, so uh, there's plenty to look at. You know, Mark, how, how do you, how do you know? Okay, the Vikings lost to the Lions too, so maybe you got to say maybe the Lions are better than we thought. But how do the Cards get so beat up against the Lions? You know, I. Maybe the Lions coming back home. Um, I believe they went on the road after they beat the Vikings. And they're coming back home. You know, they liked winning, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and and it's also, you know, just taking them lightly. You know, these guys are human beings. They're, I did not watch the game. I, I saw whenever – generally whenever a team gets out that quickly, you're like, uh-oh, they can be they can be reeled in. But then when they score, keep scoring, you know, when it was – hit the – 20 or whatever. I'm like, ah, I don't know if they can come back. And then I'm not sure how the game went. So I, I'd have to look at the, at the, at the tape to see it, yeah. but I, they probably just, they, they took them lightly. Yeah. I got a buddy that works for the Cardinals. I uh, used to work for the Wolves here with me and a uh, big Packer fan. And uh, he actually, for the first time in his life, admitted that he wanted the Vikings to beat the Packers next week, you know, just because he wants to somehow get a ring with the Cardinals. But he uh, says that, <laughs> Cardinals are 0 and 4 with a playoff berth on the line. So he's, he's, yeah, he's I mean, a job there. The, the, the Cardinals are, you know, they're very talented, but they have that feeling of they're a year or so away. You know, like the quarterback maybe is a year or so away. The head coach is maybe a year or so away. Um, they're just not, I mean, for their talent, I mean, they, I picked them in the, in the in the preseason to be like one of the surprise teams. I, I didn't think they would get out to 10 and 0 or whatever they were um, before they lost. But, you know, I don't, they might be coming back to where they really are, you know, by, by losing some of these games. Now losing to Detroit's inexcusable. But, uh, you know, I think that to me, the Packers are more the more obviously trustworthy, dependable <laughs> with the quarterback and the, now the coach. And uh, the great receiver and the defense is better. Um, they were more like, yeah, I'll pick them to to win. But I did like the Cardinals to maybe surprise. Yeah, they did which, they, which they have. They did. They did lose DeAndre Hopkins too, which is, which is never any good. Uh, you sent me this note: the Ravens have lost three straight by a total of four points. First time that's ever happened in the league. I guess Vikings fans can appreciate that, but some of that maybe is self-inflicted. Mark, you want to tee off on the old going for two debate with John Harbaugh has done it two games in a row and lost both. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I see both sides of it. Uh, you know, a Twitter fight started when uh, I said, you know, to me, I extend the, I extend the, this last one, I extend the game, and I, I try to, you know, I don't know. Just to me, it's like, uh, although the backup quarterback – Played exceptionally well, um, for, for especially for a backup quarterback. Uh, yeah, I still just I, at that at that moment I'm like, you know, let's why don't you uh, tie it up and take your chance? Not granted, it's it's it was Aaron Rodgers, you know. So I see I see why you go for it, but you just got stung by it by against Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know. I can see both sides of it, but uh, you know, if I'm making a choice, I, I kick the, uh, uh, the extra point there. But the NFL has gone so far aggressive, and, and part of it's, it, I like it because it's entertaining. It, you know, what There's used to be, times, no, four, yeah, four, I mean, yeah, four times yeah. one worked out. Um, but you just see so much of like, you know, going for it um, that yep. it's fun to watch. I don't always agree with them, but. You know, yeah. I can so I can see both sides of it. I mean, you know, you gotta try and win it while you got it. And but, you know, my thing was that Aaron um, Rodgers still had the time, even if you if you tie it. Granted, he has time to come down, and maybe he makes a mistake. But also, if you're so convinced that he's going to come back and score on you, why not tie it up? I right. It's uh, it's 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 crazy. Coaches have to do math in the heat of the moment. Sometimes it gets tough. Hopefully they um, do it ahead of time. I, I don't know if like uh, Mike McCarthy, he might he might need someone to start doing it for ahead of time for him. 
Right. Uh, talk about Mike McCarthy, as you put it, uh, his his clock management brain farts and Dax slump <laughs> continues. But the but the uh, uh, the defense is kind of keeping those guys in there, keeping them keeping them still in play for some uh, playing some home games in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, because uh, you kind of figure that the Cowboys' offense is going to figure it out. I mean, they've been they've been kind of stumbling around since uh, Prescott got hurt. Now, granted, they came to to, to Minnesota with Cooper Rush and beat them, so that was one. Uh, unexpected win that they got in their pocket, um, but you got to figure that 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 offense is going to wake up and, and get back in rhythm. It's been a while. It's a four straight or three games where they've averaged four point eight yards a play, which is crazy bad for for a Cowboys team. But the defense, they've won three straight all on the road. Now, not the best teams in the world, but three division games that they won on the road, at, three in a row. Uh, and the defense has had four takeaways in each game. And I think uh, Diggs's kid brother is up to 10 picks now, which in today's NFL, you never see double digit anymore in, in picks. Better watch y'all, Paul Cross. Um, do you think uh, Daniel, Daniel Carlson's number will be on Mike Zimmer's tombstone if he gets let go at the end of the year? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, Blair Walsh could be on there, um, you know, so – uh, I remember when Zim was talking about he was, he was roasting uh, Marvin Lewis uh, at a function in Cincinnati, and Zimmer said I had a couple you know red wines in me, and he goes, and this was after Blair Walsh had missed uh, against the Seahawks in that playoff game, you know the chip shot that got duck hooked a mile left, and he said, you know I, I always wondered why, you know, why can't Marvin Lewis win a playoff game because Marvin Lewis coached forever in Cincinnati and was like zero and eight, and he goes that, and he goes I found out. <laughs> so a little little gallows humor uh, at his own expense and uh, and and Blair Walsh's expense, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's you know kickers have been a, a problem. I mean, this the guy they got now, you know, it, they aren't going to be perfect. He misses that one against Arizona. That's a that's a big miss. But he's also you know been clutch for him in in good. Yeah. other games. Um, you you sent this note after tonight. There'll be twenty two teams with a five hundred or record. Or be, 500 or better record. 13 of the 16 teams in the AFC are 500 or better. Um, do you like this season like this? Uh, some people would say it's mediocre football, but I, I, you know, I think from a fan standpoint, it's pretty exciting to have all these teams still involved at this end of the year. You know, for talking about fantasy football, it's got to keep those people interested because all those teams are going to keep playing hard, you'd think, and and their players going well. I, I, I got to think it's good for the league, but I, I I don't know. There are some downsides to it. I mean, uh, it, are the Packers just going to run away, which would be the biggest downside. But go ahead. Talk about that. Well, they could. But, you know, to me, I like it because because there's a possibility of these 7-7, seven and seven, like the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings have already stood toe-to-toe with the Packers. They beat them. They stood toe-to-toe with the Cardinals, should have beat them. So if I'm a Vikings fan, I like that you're 7-7. Seven and seven. I like you're at your 7th in the um, you know in the NFC and that you might sneak in you might play one of those teams you know give me that game over you know tanking it and firing your coach at uh, with with four wins and you got two months of of nothing um or playing for the number one draft pick you know to me it's we've seen so we've seen a number of times where teams that get hot at the end of the year can can be entertaining in the playoffs i mean um you know, so to me, get in and just enjoy the joy that that ride. Uh, but I guess you know, there is uh, football is a you know, baseball. There's perfect games. It's like there are no perfect games in football. It's kind of like a mishmash a lot of times of who's going to make fewer mistakes and who's going to be tougher than the other guy. And I, I think maybe in today's you know fantasy football world, if you're not throwing for 400 yards and 10 touchdowns in a 75 73 win it's it's not fun well i you know there's, cer- there's certain people that, that enjoy that i i love the super bowl that the patriots won 13 to 2 or whatever it was 13 to it was 13 to but that, that was like immediately everyone that's the worst super bowl in the history of the world and i didn't see it that way yeah the chiefs have won seven or seven straight and they are my my hope upon hope to somebody to beat the Packers in the Super Bowl. And, you know, that would be a nice revenge game from the first Super Bowl ever played. Uh, 
you know, all of a sudden one week goes by and we're not talking about uh, Brady versus Belichick anymore because the Bucks got decimated by injuries last week. Yeah, I mean, the Saints and really have their number. I get uh, the Saints really have their number. I didn't realize how many times they'd beaten them in a row. And, um, you know, Brady hasn't beaten the Saints uh, in, in Tampa Bay. So whatever the Saints are doing, uh, maybe other teams should start copying that. Uh, one thing they're doing is they had uh, probably the most one of the most underrated players in the league, Cam Cameron Jordan, uh, Steve Jordan's kid. That's you know he never gets really mentioned with the uh, elite pass rushers. He's got a hundred pass. He's got a hundred career sacks now. I think he had two against Brady, uh, three pressure, three or five pressures. At, uh, so the Saints are playing. That's another team that's that they lost a bunch in a row. Um, you know, do you just tank it and give up? No, yeah. I mean they they now they're back on the on the winning side and they're making a making a season out of it. So I don't know. It's uh yeah, I mean I you do like to watch the when the ten and one teams are playing each other, but sometimes these teams that are fighting for the to get into it are can be entertaining games as well. I never like to uh talk about people losing their jobs, especially this time of year, but boy letting uh Letting uh, Urban Meyer go uh, was probably the best thing that could happen for both Meyer <laughs> and the uh, and the Jaguars. That was just not a good fit. It just was ugly as it kept going. It was just, you know, it's probably better that Urban sits back and reflects and tries to do something else, I think. Yeah, Urban might have hurt his image even to, like, take whatever cushy college job may open. Uh, I don't know that he's attractive for that now or he's, he'd be a uh... – a candidate for that now. Uh, and yeah, it's, yeah, guys, it's their job, but it's not like, a, uh, you know, I, if we had Urban's contract in front of us, I would, I would, I would say he's, he's pretty well set. Uh, he's not having to like go, he's not having to go to the unemployment line to find something else. Uh, you know, these guys, uh, when they, when they part ways, they're, they're parting ways with uh, all the money they've made and other sweet terms, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up, uh, and we'll uh, watch the games tonight, and uh, we'll uh, celebrate the holidays this week, and uh, have a, hopefully a Vikings win against the Rams on Sunday. In the meantime, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, Mark. Merry Christmas to Merry Mike Christmas behind the uh, behind the scenes there, and to all the folks out there listening and tuning in to view us. So, uh, thanks to everybody. And uh, all the best in school.